Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Weekday Wednesday, Tucson, Arizona's number one online radio podcast about all things medical cannabis. Your host, Bell Star. And the Cannabis Kid. Our show features news, interviews, and all the latest information about anything and everything medical cannabis related in Tucson, Arizona, and, and the, the world, world at large. We'd love to hear from you. Please give us a call live at 646-915-8421. You can like us on Facebook, follow us on all social media, or email thctucson at gmail.com. We'd like to thank Tumbleweed's Health Center and Studio C, along with our many sponsors for hosting our show every week. With the lowest price certifications in town, you'll find hemp products, accessories, and all things related to medical cannabis education. Visit Tumbleweed's Health Center at 4826 East Broadway Boulevard or online at tumbleweedshealthcenter.com. And remember, be smart, be safe, and educate. So close to Christmas. <laughs> this is kind of what a year already. What a year it's been, folks. Let's give it up for 2020. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have some runners in our community, and I got this opportunity to run for a, um, a, a medal that said 2020 was, and the medal is just that little piece of shit laughing. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Weed Day Wednesday, folks. How's everybody doing out there? Bell Star here. Uh, Cannabis Kid is not here again. Oh, <laughs> he's off somewhere on the beach, hanging out, playing. So hopefully, token. Uh, <laughs> Well, welcome to Weed Day Wednesday uh, for the bestie, October the 14th. Wow. That puts us at, well, October, November, December. <laughs> you guys are like nine weeks away from Christmas. <laughs> well, one you online shopping because you all know that your post office prices just went through the world. They did. They changed it like one way. Mm-hmm. I don't probably already done already. Um, did daylight savings happen already, too? This, this week? November 1st? They pushed it out. Wow, that's kind of weird. <gasps> in October sometimes. They pushed in everything out. They're like changing the dates of like fall and everything. <laughs> okay, whatever. All right, whatever. Well, welcome to Weekday Wednesday, folks. Your uh, online radio podcast about all things marijuana, cannabis, pot, weed, hemp, CBD, CBG, all the CDs. All the terpenes, all the cannabinoids, all the everything. So, welcome to the show. We've got some awesome guests on. Uh, Meryl Montgomery and Valerie Sakota. I hope I'm saying the names right. Um, some wonderful uh, women entrepreneurs that started a, a fantastic herbal shop called um, Barbary Herbals. And you can check them out at barbaryshop.com. B-A-R-B-A-R-I 
Shop.com. Check them out, and they'll be coming on air shortly here. Um, let's see what's in the news here. Well, actually, let's just give Tumbleweed Health Center a shout out. 4826 East Broadway Boulevard. Come on down. Get certified. Get some CBD. Get some hemp products. Uh, get some uh, fun. We have some great fun T-shirts. We got a new batch in. Uh, so we've got some people just buy those up as soon as we unload those boxes. Those things are gone. Yeah, so come get some fun new shirts. Uh, we've got some molecule shirts too. We need some CBT molecules. Do we have any of those? Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll get. We're, we're gonna get a, a molecule shirt for every cannabinoid there is. <laughs> I think that's a good idea. <laughs> what are you smoking? Come on now. All right. So um, let's see here. If you want to get certified in the state of Arizona, which is a really good thing to do, I know um, that the recreational initiative is coming up. Yeah, crappy. And uh, you can read it for yourself. You can hear for yourself. It's an incomplete written initiative by people that just want to make more money. So there you have it. It's my opinion. Just my opinion. Hear it here first, first, folks. Okay. Um, We have read stuff on the air. We read it almost three times now. This is our third time reading it, so read it. If you haven't read it, it just blows my mind how lame it is. Um, it's definitely not for people. You want to pay 24 plus percent um, tax on your weed, right? It's 16 plus, they already ate. Yeah, so it's 16.1, 24, or an 8.9 that we're up to right now, so there's 25% tax. Oh, have fun, kids. <laughs> Might as well stay in the medical program. Save. Oh, yeah. Same tax stuff and all cigarettes. Okay. Something. I don't know. It's just not good. Just stay in the medical program. You have way more rights. And you can go to tumbleweedshealthcenter.com and check out the differences there. Um, we'll see. It's just bad. <laughs> it's just not a good thing. Anyway, we'll get our facts straight someday. <laughs> um, let's see here. If you are any, well, we can telemed now, too. So if you're anywhere in the state of Arizona, you do still have to have your license or your current um, U.S. passport. Um, your driver's license has to be from 1996 or after. For some reason, they don't take those early bird licenses. I used to have mine. I was super old when I had long hair and the whole night. <laughs> um, yeah, they, I guess they changed all the hologram things so they could make those other ones really easy anyway or whatever. So, all right. So, uh, come down to Tumbleweeds Health Center and um, or call us or fill out your telemedicine. Get us your If you suffer from one of these medical conditions and have been diagnosed by an Arizona licensed physician, medical cannabis may help relieve your symptoms. 
Tumbleweeds Health Center is Arizona's premier cannabis certification health and education center. Our primary focus is to help the patients of Arizona obtain their medical marijuana card and educate everyone about medical cannabis. With current medical records, approval is a simple process. Contact Tumbleweeds Health Center to see if you qualify for your Arizona medical marijuana card. All right. So are we back on air? Can you hear me now? Okay. Uh, My apologies, folks. I thought I had it beat. Didn't. Now I do, and we're back. All right. (laughs) Okay. So we're just about to bust into a commercial I just threw on anyway in case you guys, you know, we were there anyway. So um, was it the actual commercial in case you have any of these conditions that I didn't read off? (laughs) Okay. So, um, okay. So if you have, uh, you can contact us if you have PTSD, cancer, AIDS, chronic pain, severe nausea, seizures, including epilepsy, uh, HIV, hep C, ALS, Crohn's disease, agitation of Alzheimer's, uh, cachexia or wasting syndrome, severe and persistent muscle spasms, including multiple sclerosis. And don't worry if you didn't hear your um, ailment on that list. Um, the state approves under chronic pain. Um, the state approves a whole host of conditions. And also, um, let's see, hold on. Also, uh, for dementia, Alzheimer's, tons of those. And hang on one moment. I'm having a slight de- technical difficulty again, so I'm going to throw on another tumbleweed commercial. We'll put the guy on this time. I think we have a guy. Are chronic conditions holding you back from a happy, healthy life? Get on the right track with Tumbleweeds Health Center. Our CBD products are formulated to fit your health lifestyle. I would definitely say that CBD has changed my life. I mean, I don't worry about my dog anymore, and I don't worry about sleeping anymore. Tumbleweeds Health Center, voted number one health center in Tucson, has created a proprietary number of CBD blends, each designed to promote health and well-being. Let Tumbleweeds Health Center show you how CBD products might help you improve your life the natural way. All right. Are we back on air still? It's always so nerve-wracking to know if we're here or not. (laughs) Okay. Good laugh volume. (laughs) Okay. All right. So I think there was a little confusion. We're waiting for um, Marilyn Valerie to come on air. And um, so we're going to just go back to um, doing what we're doing. So, all right, Tumbleweeds Health Center in Christmas. Just kidding. But come on down because we do have some really, really, really cool products. How's our vape section coming along? We have some cool new vapes. Um, we're working on getting some, some of the latest. What? What? Um, yeah, we're going we're gonna to get some cartridges and more batteries and things like that for you folks. But... Which version of PAX are we on, like 19? No, but what do they have? What are they on? <laughs> oh, three? So, oh, three with new colors. Ooh, I like burgundy. Ooh, and is there a famous star promoting this one? Good question, because one of them, there is some hip-hop star that if you like, it's called The Weeknd? Oh, um, and if you as you beat the game, you got like this cool tune, and it lit up and all these things, and you could vape with vape with fun. Oh boy, vape with fun. All right, what else is going on here? Let's see. Um, did we even pull up any news while we're waiting? What else is going on? Uh, ooh, we have something going on, but we'll get ready to tell you guys all about that a little bit later when we really have it going on. Um, 
oh, look at those. It's like, ooh, they're like matte, shiny. That even makes sense. It's a, oh, onyx. Um, ooh, like a rose gold, like even like a sage. Oh, I like it. And what is that? Burgundy. Yeah, that's some good stuff, man. Burgundy. Yeah. I like it. They look thinner. The big, the first packs were, they don't pop up anymore, though, right? Thank the good Lord, they do not pop up um, because um, that was just bad news. Those popping up. Uh, they always got stuck, you know. What's coming soon? Oh, those little skinny ones? Oh, Pax Pods. <laughs> the Pax Pods coming soon. All right. Brands to give out free cannabis in 2021. Woo! All right. Yep. You read that right. Unless you're French. <laughs> but you're really jealous right now. <laughs> but it's true. In 2021, <laughs> we began a medical cannabis experiment that involves giving out free cannabis. Last week, the French government published a decree that announced the experiment, which enthusiasts and patients have been waiting for officially. <laughs> According to their announcement, up to 3,000 patients will be participating in and, and eligible for receiving the free product. Nicholas Offier, a university professor and chair of the French Agency of the Safety of Medicines and Health Products, or um, Les Algences, no, I'm not even going to do it. <laughs> uh, it, 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 was, it was, I could have tried it in French, French, but, yep, don't even go there. Said with, uh, in an interview with Marijuana Daily News that he believes, quote, an invitation to tender for the selection of cannabis-based products is coming soon, probably within the month, and that suppliers will probably be born in collaboration with pharmaceutical laboratories established in France and licensed for narcotics. Quote, five more months of work before the first prescriptions, quote, but France is now officially committed to access um, to medical cannabis. Currently, the French government is estimating that the first free prescriptions could go out as early as March 20. 21. As of right now, there is a uh, time limit of two years on the experiment, as it is set to either uh, to go either through March uh, 21st, 2021, or through the first prescription, whichever comes first. It will be overseen by the Ministry of Health and Solidarity. <laughs> there are still some stipulations for the program that have not yet been decided and will be outlined by the General Director of the French Agency for the Safety of Medicines and Health Products. Among the issues that will be decided are the form and the specifications of the including characteristics and composition, the list of conditions that will be eligible for participation, uh, participation in procedures for storing, distributing, um, importing, and controlling cannabis. Companies that choose to participate in this new medical cannabis experiment will be responsible for providing their own product free of charge. Oh, well, that's interesting. You can provide. You can, you know, join our experiment if you provide your own weed. I bet that's how they're getting their weed is by letting people come in for free if they give them weed. You think they have one strain of weed that they want to supply, you know, because they're going to have all sorts of all types of it. How do you monitor, like, you know, a million different strains? Okay. Anyway. Um, the ANSM will be responsible for implementing a patient registry that will be updated with the consent of patients by doctors and pharmacies. There are also some restrictions in place that could keep patients from getting access to this deal. As is the case throughout Europe, medical cannabis will not be given out freely. It is not given out as an alternative to medicines by choice, but rather 
as a last resort. Additionally, doctors and pharmacies who want to get involved will have to complete a training program and then will have to volunteer for the trial and companies that are interested in getting involved will have to provide their own cannabis. Also, a budget for the program still needs to be approved by French Parliament. Still, regardless of these potential setbacks and the fact that cannabis in general is conservatively prescribed in France, this groundbreaking experiment could set the stage for socialized cannabis medicine across the globe. But bring your own weed. That's like just saying, go to the doctor. You know what? You need antibiotics, but you're going to have to find them yourself. Yeah, you go get those antibiotics yourself. I hear the black market's pretty good these days. Okay, let's see what else is going on in the world of weed. Um, like I said, Prop 207 is out there. You need, you all need to read it because um, it's interesting. Okay, yep, you're going to get six plants. And apparently they're saying that the cities and the counties uh, jurisdictions won't be able to deny the county uh, the right to let people have weed plants. So we'll see about that because I'm betting there's going to be a low, loophole. And you see signs posted all around that are like, you know, um, there's <laughs> so the 4207 signs say nothing about marijuana whatsoever. Chicken. What? Why don't you have a giant pot leaf on there? Because you're getting, the minute someone sees a pot leaf, you, all the conservatives out there are going to go, pot leaf 207, no. That's what's going to happen. Yep. It's, yeah, exactly. So that's, you know, they're going to see that red symbol with the X or the red line through a big marijuana. It says 207. No. And, you know, just read the initiative for yourself. We've been, we've been reading it to you guys and um, hoping that uh, you're out there doing your own due diligence and, reading it as well. Um, anyway, let's see. Uh, um, it looks like uh, we are actually um, going to have to reschedule uh, our radio guest for maybe another time. Um, yeah, I know, but technology, guys, it happens to the best of us. And don't worry, our show busted out too. So yes, absolutely, we'll have you guys on another time. Not to worry. We have enough to chit-chat about, but we will miss having you on this time. We'll get you on again. So um, we'll have our uh, our guests on, uh, Meryl and Valerie, another time. Um, let's see what else is going on. So, uh, yeah, about the initiative. Oh, what time is it? What time we got? 8.20. We do have time to read more. So let's just do that. Let's find the initiative because I did um, uh, this computer. Man, I just don't get how these things work. They're all messed up now. I can't even get to my desktop. Um, let's see. Let me just see if I can look something up here because I did, um, yes, there it is. I saved it. Okay. We are going to get the initiative up and reading. And I'm pretty sure we were, uh, pretty far down. We, I think we, uh, we read what the, uh, definitions were. Um, it, it, uh, does not include industrial hemp. Okay. So that's not even in this thing. Industrial hemp has its own whole section. Um, let's see. Um, did we get to driving minors control of property, smoking in public places and open spaces? I'm not sure if we got there. That would be 36-2851 uh, of the Safer 
Smart and Safe Act is what they call it. Okay, so let's see here. Um, uh, cha this chapter one does not restrict the rights of employers to maintain a drug and alcohol-free workplace or affect the ability of employers to have workplace policies restricting the use of marijuana by employees or prospective employees. And what that means, kids, if you're using cannabis, um, even as a medicine, you can get denied. And with the medical program, that is not okay. So stay in the medical program. Quick, done. Mic drop. You can come up with a million reasons to stay in. We will. Two. Um, does not require an employer to allow or accommodate the use, consumption, possession, transfer, display, transportation, sale, or cultivation of marijuana in a place of employment. Well, um, okay, so there you go again. If you're at work and you want to go take a smoke break, um, everyone who wants to go dilute the planet with, you know, carcinogens from cigarettes can do so, but you can't vape your cannabis for medicine. Thanks, guys. Appreciate that. Do you know that uh, people in the workplace that use more cannabis studies? PubMed, read them. They're out there. Stoners are smart. Smarter y'all. All right. Okay, well, this is stupid, and I seriously want to know who wrote this, who has a damn boat. Some Richie was going to get Richie again when this is going to fail. Don't worry does not allow driving, flying, or boating while impaired to even the slightest degree by marijuana or prevent the state from enacting and imposing penalties for driving, flying, or boating while impaired to even the slightest degree by marijuana boating. Who's boating in the desert? How many boats do you see in the desert? <laughs> Richie Rich. Four. I know. Does not allow an individual who is under 21 years of age to purchase possess, transport, or consume marijuana or marijuana products on a boat. I'm just going to add on a boat to everything. Take a fortune cookie. <laughs> oh, five. Does not allow the sale, transfer, or provision of marijuana or marijuana products to an individual who's under 21 years of age, if they're on a boat. Just kidding. Um, so it's all 21 and over. Six, does not restrict the rights of employers, schools, daycare centers, adult daycare facilities, health care facilities, or correction facilities to prohibit or regulate conduct otherwise allowed by this chapter when such conduct occurs on or in their properties. Okay, well, all right then. Seven, does not restrict the ability of an individual partnership, limited liability company, private corporation, private entity, or private organization that occupies owns or controls property to prohibit or regulate conduct otherwise allowed by the chapter or in such property or on a boat. But seriously, that goes for anybody. If you have a private property, you can tell somebody to get the hell off. You know, if you don't want them breathing on your property, get out. You know, don't think of my air. <laughs> my private air. Um, eight, does not allow any person to. Okay, here we go. Ready? Eight. A, smoke marijuana in a public place or open space. B, consume marijuana or marijuana products while driving, operating, or riding in the va uh, passenger seat or compartment of an operating motor vehicle, boat, vessel, aircraft, or other uh, vehicle used for transportation like this half golf cart, half um, motorcycle we saw driving down the road the other day. I'm going to get a couch registered. 
So, again, so people can smoke cigarettes in public places, and that's harmful, and it's gross, and marijuana can't be smoked in public places. Okay, um, where's the quality in that? This isn't legalization, folks. This is just monopoly of the monopoly for the monopoly. Uh, we're on 10. Does not authorize a person to pre- uh, process or manufacture marijuana by means of any liquid or gas other than alcohol, that has a flash point below 100 degrees Fahrenheit unless performed by a marijuana establishment. So there goes your rights to make your own products, really? Unless it's done exactly like this? I don't know. Doesn't, all right, we'll get to that. Does not require a person to violate federal law or to implement or fail to implement a restriction on the possession, consumption, display, transfer, possession, manufacturing or cultivation of marijuana, if by so doing that person will lose a monetary or licensing-related benefit under federal law. Okay. So that's just saying if they're going to lose their license because they're federally supported, you can't do any of that. Twelve, does not supersede or eliminate any existing rights or privileges of any person except as, as specifically set forth in this chapter. 13, does not limit any privilege or right of a nonprofit medical marijuana dispensary under Chapter 28.1 of this title, except as expressly set forth in this chapter. Does not, uh, 14, does not limit any privilege or right of a qualifying patient or designated caregiver under Chapter 28.1 of this title. Okay, there you have it. Uh, 26, let's see, where are we? 26. You know what? This has been a show already. Let's just let's just do this. Where are we? Where the heck is my program? I can't even find it now. Too many things going on. You know what we always have going on? I'll be blazing and smoking it, about to go and get some munchy snacks Passing up on those cracker jacks, Reese's Pizzas are where it's at Gotta get me some soda pop, cotton mouth has been creeping up I can't remember where I put my keys, yeah, that's what's up I'ma take your grandpa's ride, I'ma take your grandpa's ride No, for real, ask your grandpa, can I take a 65? Deville cruising to my local Publix Nothing better than rolling with two super fly chicks They have frozen burritos, I bought frozen burritos I bought some Ben and Jerry's, and then I bought some Cheetos Hello, hello, my main man Obama. A couple states have just reformed their laws on marijuana. What you gonna do? Send the feds there? Hell no. The DEAs would be like, ah, oh, they got volcanoes. I'm gonna smoke some weed. Only 
Suffering from glaucoma, they need it, they need it, it helps them with their condition. If you don't believe me, then just ask some eye physicians. Thank your granddad for voting for that guy, Richard. Nixon is the president who made the plant illegal. But science is now showing that it's medicine for people and the private sector fighting to keep all of that illegal. Alcohol and tobacco, pharmaceutical prisons. I'll take those four major lobby groups and fight those motherfuckers. They're making money day and night, all those motherfuckers. And bribing Congress out of sight, all those motherfuckers. They'd be like, oh, it's immoral and unhealthy. I'm like, how many people are you making wealth? Anti-marijuana lobbies are making all kinds of profits and they don't want you to stop it because of all the special interest. I call that getting swindled and pinched shit. I call that getting tricked by the government. That law's hella old. So it's time to update it, regulate it, and then get it under state control. Peak game, look into my political telescope. Think it's gonna stay like this forever? Not hella won't. Not hella won't. Hey, Obama, stop being a hypocrite. You used to smoke weed, I'm gonna smoke some weed. Only got $20 in my pocket. I'm a looking for a pot shop. This is fucking awesome. Let's end the war on drugs. It's time to pull the plug. These special interest groups are nothing more than corporate thugs. Let's end the war on weed. The people have agreed. These special What are y'all smoking? What are we smoking? Ooh, amnesia. Ooh. No wonder I forgot we were smoking. <laughs> oh, that was funny. All right. Anyway, um, we were just reading uh, part of the initiative, but we're going to continue on with Doug Fine story time. I love that. The Doug Fine story time. All right. Get ready for it. wonder what happens if I... No, you can't close out of the program. All right, see, that happens. Okay, now, let's see. This only takes an hour and a half to load. So get on down to Tumbleweeds Health Center at 4826 East Broadway Boulevard. Come get certified. Come get CBD. We're getting lots of new CBD products. We have a new adventure happening that we're going to let loose in just a little while. And um, in the meantime, let's listen to Doug Fine, American Hemp Farmer, Adventures and Misadventures in the cannabis trade. And we'll just go back a little bit. Let's see, here we go. Doug is fresh. All right, okay, yeah, let's play it. Play the audiobook. <laughs> Come on, is it Monday? Farmers at Hana Ranch, who there. redone their head cattle operation and orchard on Maui, converted a 1948 Alice Chalmers Model G tractor to electric power because, in the words of ranch mechanic, there is no maintenance required except for two shots of grease once a year to keep the main bearings lubricated. Writing in the ranch's blog, 
Fortinot also said tractor performance is superior on electric power. The electric motor eliminated the need for a clutch, so when the throttle is opened, the motor puts out almost 100% of its torque throughout the speed range. That's useful for the slow speeds you employ with a tractor. And he added, there is almost zero noise and actually zero emissions. Consumption and waste are things of the past as well, as we never have to change the oil or fill the tractor up with fuel. Hard to beat that as a company marketing storyline. Now I'd like to see the first electric combines. The larger point of all this, at least while we still live in the noisy combustion era, is that when you have an Aaron, Roger, or John Williamson on hand, you can deal with engine maintenance issues and minimize your floater downtime. If you are not a diesel mechanic and don't aspire to be one, don't have one on your hemp team, and can't afford to hire one for two full days in your remote field, here's some encouraging news. A hand harvest brings in the same amount of hemp. The 2018 Emerald Triangle hand harvest gave us two tons of flowers and about that much in textile-grade fiber, some of it that magical purple phenotype. I recognized the sensation I felt as I peeled off my costume that night in Margaret and Edgar's basement guest house slash processing room. It was that deep feeling of satisfaction that I'm programmed to feel as a human who has provided for winter sustenance. The harvest is in. We shall eat. It's when I feel my closest to being a squirrel. It explains why at every harvest with my kids, I wait for all of us to have an armload of plants. As we deposit them in a silo or bag, I say, there, we did it. Another three pounds of flour, 10 pounds of seed to feed our family. It's also why four days later and 3,000 miles east, I made the hand harvesting pitch to the Green Mountain Squad. It took minimal convincing. All I had to say was, if it proves hard, waffles are on me. Boom, another smooth, fast harvest, second in a week. Maybe even easier than the Oregon harvest. Part of that was payoff from an effective planting. Charlie's antique seed drill had provided, by a wide margin, the most evenly spaced rows I'd ever worked. The 2018 Vermont field looked like it had been planted by robots, made it so pleasant to harvest. Like an AP student placing out of a college prerequisite, we became exempt from floater rules when we unshackled ourselves from John Deere. Of course, the exact duration of mechanical delays were technically replaced by berry picking breaks, but I would argue that those delays compose a separate category from floater delays because of their energizing nutritive bursts. Just as we were working our final pass with a quarter acre to go and chilly hands, we all wordlessly, simultaneously looked up and realized it was snowing. Large, wet, flakes in paper chain shapes were blanketing our fiber piles and our hair like confetti. Our faces burst into smiles inside our three-acre snow globe. No need to help. We all radiated as we became invisible in the whiteout. We're just lost and blissed out in a hemp field again. The November snow was still on the ground when we processed the crop into product in March. Dealing with hand-harvested flour. Since we've now covered the mechanics of seed and fiber harvesting, 
what about bringing home the dioecious flower that puts the tri in tri-cropping? The flower, of course, is where the eminently marketable cannabinoids, CBD, CBG, THC, and the rest, reside. You'll have tons of flowers sitting in your 20-acre field or in bags now, depending on whether you've harvested by combine or hand. You're wise to treat it delicately while it's fresh in order to most effectively dry, cure, and store it prior to selling it raw or making it into your product. Weather matters, too, when it comes to the flower side of the plant. In fact, it might not be a bad idea to do the opposite dance you did following planting to ward off rain at harvesting. You want to avoid botrytis, also known as bud rot, in your valuable flower. If someone says they've got a ton of flour, that's not enough information, even if they show you the cannabinoid profile, said Andrew Bish, who, as a harvest equipment salesman, sees as much just plucked flour as anyone. It can mean a wide range of quality. Are you taking care of those trichomes, which are delicate, or are you mashing your whole harvest together in a green pile? I can look at two harvests of the same cultivar, and they are not worth the same. To some degree, the current wholesale pricing system for CBD flour favors churning the flour and stems into that pile of mixed green material. That's because price to farmer at the moment is based on a point system where each percentage of CBD in the flour's cannabinoid test means a higher per pound price. So if your stem adds weight, it also adds value. Plus, this batch harvesting, since the material is already chopped finely, leaves it ready to feed into large-scale processing machinery. But this is not a top-shelf harvesting mode. What we did during the 2016 combine harvest in Vermont was simply snip the best flower branches off tens of thousands of downed plants and place them on tarps, hauling them periodically to the shop for hanging by the branches to dry and cure. That space filled up quickly, flower drying capacity being another checklist item to add to your mid-season tasks. To deal with this once the seed harvest was dry and bagged, we tossed a few hundred pounds in the silo to see if forced air drying also worked for flour. It did. The flour came out with its trichomes looking impressively crystalline and intact, even after running through a combine. These are the flowers that went into the first run of hemp in hemp. At harvest time, hand-gathering the de-seeded flour emitted by the combine is a fun, sticky job, much preferable in my view to that of the poor sap wearing ear protection inside the combine cab. But this mode is not exactly what you'd call efficient, certainly not as automated as the seed component of a combine harvest. We wound up bringing in maybe 30% of the flour from that first large Vermont harvest. Still, we got tons of material, more than enough for the first run of hemp and hemp. When I find myself wishing that we had found a market for the rest, I remember that today we would have, mainly because the farm bill and resulting markets allow us to more powerfully negotiate with processors inside and outside of Vermont. For folks harvesting Sensamia CBD crops, I recommend emulating the best outdoor cannabis farmers in the world, the Emerald Triangle farmers I profiled in a book called Too High to Fail. These artisans don't merely hang their flower-loaded branches in upside-down Y formations in barns with good cross-ventilation. They get super scientific about it, measuring humidity, oxygen, and carbon dioxide levels during drying. Once they get to curing, a stage almost always omitted by today's early hemp cannabinoid farmers, it really becomes an art. 
My favorite ganja farmers place their entire dried harvest in gallon-sized violet-tinted glass mason jars for a month or more, burping the gases out according to a schedule they've been perfecting for three generations. No mylar bags, no nitrogen infusion. This delicate post-harvest handling is something for hemp cannabinoid flour purveyors to consider if marketing top-shelf raw flour, as Steve Tomlins does, might be for the smokable market, might be for salads at Whole Foods. Given that current wholesale prices for high-grade hemp flour can rival psychoactive cannabis prices, how might efficiency on the flour side of a large acreage harvest be improved? This is where the clever folks at Bish Enterprises come in. I discovered this one dewy morning on Colorado's western slope during a visit to the Salt Creek Hemp Ranch. Unless they plug clones, outdoor flower-only farmers tend to plant between 1,500 and 4,200 seeds per acre. You'll be on the higher end at planting dioecious seed as you'll be pulling males. While some farmers encourage those massive branching flower-dense plants you see in ganja calendars, Andrew Bish points out that propagating smaller plants makes harvesting much easier with equipment like his Hemp Handler 6031. Plus, your plant is putting all its energy into flower production, he said. You get less biomass per plant, but equal or more per field with a more efficient harvest. Salt Creek has used the Hemp Handler 6031, and its farmers grow small plants from clones specifically to make harvest easier. People laugh at our short plants, Aaron said, but they are compact little flower machines. A further advancement we might see in coming seasons will emerge not from the harvesting side, but the breeding and processing sides. Some breeders are developing flower cultivars that can be processed whole. An entire harvested plant is tossed into a special processor that extracts the cannabinoids and terpenes without first separating out the flowers. Myself, I might stick with hand harvesting, and I might not. I like wearing the lovingly harvested top-shelf mantle. Keeps me in the field, inhaling terpene. But as my fields get larger, I have some decisions to make. Oxen and pack horses will be my first choice. If they work, great. But if the electric combine is online by that time, I might just fire one up. I don't know if I'll ever be lucky enough to harvest in the snow again. I hope so. I know we all still talk about it. I remember thinking as we whitened that evening in Vermont that traditionally a farmer would call this perfect timing, winter arriving just as the harvest is in, time for mending harness. Not for me, and not for Colin and Aaron. Per Margaret's law, we had to process our respective products. I was already trying to remember how many hundreds of empty hemp and hemp bottles I had stored under Carrie's daughter's desk six months earlier. How many caps did I have to order? What would be the final hit to my bank account for product labels? A few hours later, while the bulk of the harvest was drying at the popcorn farm, we brought some seed and flour home to Carrie's for the long-planned waffle feast. Oh, man. Fresh hemp waffles soaked in home-tapped maple syrup and topped with raspberries. It sounds like an Epicurean binge, but actually it was a business lunch. I suspected I might need the energy boost for the intense processing that was to come. I was kind of right. What with homeschooling and looming book deadlines, it took four months before I got to processing in early 2019. But superfood waffles with friends at least helped start me on the journey.
So you want to be a hemp farmer. Plan for plan B. Nearly everyone in the hemp industry is on to plan B, and some of us are on plan D or M. Whatever you think your objective is in hemp today, selling highly concentrated CBD tincture, making hemp ukuleles, is likely to change at least slightly, probably more than slightly. Don't sweat it. Heck, even something as seemingly fixed as Magnetic North moves 34 miles per year. Just recognize that the plant is in charge. Half a decade into the modern game in the United States, the long-term players who are actually enduring in the industry have all had to implement the pivot that hemp flax's rinders felt was just part of running a hemp enterprise. It's not just you and I, the relative newcomers, who are affected by this phenomenon. The pioneers of the modern hemp industry itself in Europe, Canada, and China are on to Plan B, too. Take John Rulak, founder of California-based Nutiva, which crossed $100 million in annual sales in 2015. Even he has decided to pivot. The former Redwood Sitter's ubiquitous hemp seed oil provided a key source of pre- and postnatal protein to my growing family before we began cultivating hemp ourselves. But after a quarter century working exclusively on the seed side of the plant, Rulak launched a CBD company called RE Botanicals in 2018. The seed and fiber focus was so hard won, including a 2004 court victory over the DEA that allowed even nutritive hemp seed products to be marketed, so ingrained, so to speak, in the business plans of the early enterprises that some advocates felt fighting for flowers inclusion in the 2014 Farm Bill was going too far. Less than five years later, with worldwide awareness of our endogenous endocannabinoid systems rising and network health gurus like Sanjay Gupta declaring cannabis safe, the flower market overwhelmingly dominates the industry. The situation is suddenly so lopsided in favor of this one part of the hemp plant that in 2018, state hemp regulators in New York closed hemp applications to all but those who wanted to grow for any application but CBD. Now, it's almost never a good sign when a government agency dictates to farmers what to grow. But I respect New York's effort to say, hey, gold rushers, how about a long-term play in, say, hemp seed, a genuine superfood that heals soil, or maybe show the fiber a little love? The lesson here is not flower rules all. Rather, it's just wait another five years. Flower, or at least CBD dominance, too, is temporary. Get ready for many such major shifts in coming decades, resulting in hot markets that we can hardly imagine today. Lignin in hemp seed holes, today almost valueless, hemp plastics from fiber, and some astounding properties in an as-yet-unnoticed cannabinoid number 42. Maybe it will make hair grow. Perhaps it will be an undeniable soil cleaner or water purifier. How does this affect you if you're a nascent entrepreneur? For one thing, you might want to avoid ordering too many labels for your initial product. You're likely to make some ingredient changes before too long. But that's just the tip of the iceberg. What if you invested $25,000 in a cold ethanol processing machine only to find out that the obvious best way to extract whole plant cannabinoids and terpenes at 20 times the efficiency, which won't be invented until 2023, costs $500? This hypothetical but not far-fetched dilemma 
is part of a wider reality in the hemp industry. Our hemp processing infrastructure and market delivery pipelines are not yet mature, to say the least. Oregon's Rick Kiak Boughton, 59, makes a hemp and mushroom-infused chocolate called Green Goddess. He's one of the survivors who was on board the hemp train back in the 1990s. This is how he describes the main cause of hemp's inability to launch to the next level back then. Folks would go to Thailand or Hungary and come back with fiber swaths that they'd make into fantastic bags and shirts. But when a store said, these are great, we'll take 10,000, well, they'd already taken their trip abroad. When they tried to reorder, there was no consistent supply chain or pricing and almost no domestic processing. This inability to pivot, in this case, scale up, still accounts for the principal logjam of the young industry. It explains why so many folks you see working in hemp appear to have aged so much between year one and year three, like a second-term president. There are high entry costs for fiber production in particular. To this day, I don't think I've ever been able to buy a favorite pair of hemp slacks twice, with the exception being hemp yoga pants made by Raganik of Blaine, Washington. But what seems like a major challenge can be a great opportunity. Thanks to the democratizing technologies provided by the supercomputers we all carry in our pockets, sides of the business like distribution, accounting, and labeling are a lot easier for an independent to tackle today than they have ever been. These are tools that Kiak Bond's colleagues didn't have back in the 90s. Still, executing plans in the real world is a lot different from daydreaming about them. Just to get my product into the local food co-op and a couple of spas has involved a ton of time, energy, and bookkeeping. All told, your smartest move, as my river guide trainer advised, is to keep an eye on three turns downstream. Plan for some kind of plan B to the extent possible. Plan B is pretty much inevitable. It's not so much that you shouldn't put all your eggs in one basket. It's more that you could one day soon have to migrate to a whole other basket leaving what you thought were the golden eggs behind. You might even want to have a plan B column in your expense spreadsheet. This initial amusement park ride of volatility and adaptation is typical in any promising young industry and shows how diverse and valuable hemp is. Take Silicon Valley in the 1970s. For every Apple, Oracle, and Google, a thousand other enterprises with ideas good and less so went away for as many reasons. With a bit of brain power, you'll always be able to figure out something that is first, better, or different, if you're paying attention. Equally important is to avoid the kitchen sink marketing plan. I get worried when I see colleagues offering 96 products at their trade show booths. Soaps, oils, tinctures, snacks, dog treats, bedding. Pick one, maybe two. You can always expand. Plan B is on the horizon in my own enterprise now that I plan to make my initially topical hemp in hemp product an edible one. When that happens, cue Baroque organ riff, I'll have FDA food regs to deal with. Say what you will about the DEA being out of the hemp game. I say it's fantastic. Many of us are waking up to a brave new world known as the big leagues. Plan B thinking has a long, proud history in American hemp. It goes all the way back to George Washington's business plan. In 2018, while I was wearing colonial garb and wielding that sickle, Mount Vernon estate horticulturalist Dean Norton opened my eyes about the first president's entrepreneurial M.O. 
Dean is a fountain of knowledge about George Washington, from how often he and Martha bathed to his favorite mode for making whiskey. As we strolled the banks of the Potomac during a break in the harvest, he told me something that made me think the father of the nation had time traveled and consulted with Dolly Parton. President Washington's most profitable private business was fishing, Dean said, as the team of robust Mount Vernon oxen plowed nearby. He pulled millions of pounds of sturgeon every year, right from this spot. And guess what his nets were made for? I was able to guess. Surprise! But I was still shocked. I was so shocked. And I dipped my finger between my thumb and the from one of these medical conditions and have been diagnosed by an Arizona licensed physician, medical cannabis may help relieve your symptoms. Tumbleweeds Health Center is Arizona's premier cannabis certification health and education center. Our primary focus is to help the patients of Arizona obtain their medical marijuana card and educate everyone about medical cannabis. With current medical records, approval is a simple process. Contact Tumbleweeds Health Center to see if you qualify for your Arizona medical marijuana card. That's right. Give us a call, 520-838-4430. Um, and I like this commercial a lot. 
Are chronic conditions holding you back from a happy, healthy life? Get on the right track with Tumbleweeds Health Center. Our CBD products are formulated to fit your health lifestyle. I would definitely say that CBD has changed my life. I mean, I don't worry about my dog anymore, and I don't worry about sleeping anymore. Tumbleweeds Health Center, voted number one health center in Tucson, has created a proprietary number of CBD blends, each designed to promote health and well-being. Let Tumbleweeds Health Center show you how CBD products might help you improve your life the natural way. Yep, come on down to 4826 East Broadway Boulevard. We are on the southeast corner of Broadway and Swan. I guess that's considered like Midtown now. That's crazy that that's Midtown because East is like Houghton. And like way out there, then Vail is south, and Marana's north. It's just a crazy, crazy, crazy town. We're growing, but God forbid you put in a freeway. All right. Well, let's see here. Uh, what's going on? Um, we do have another guest. We have a guest coming on next week that we um, that called in last week. So there you have it. <laughs> Our guest from Israel is coming on uh, next week. Um, so we look forward to that. And uh, in the meantime. We want y'all to be nice to each other out there. Smoke a lot of weed. You guys all need to calm down. And pay attention to what you're doing. Pay attention to what you're doing. When we order extra sour cream on our burritos, man, you better be putting extra sour cream on the burritos. I'm not saying they have frozen burritos. I've got frozen burritos. All right, kids. Um, Be smart. Be safe. And educate. Educate the heck out of yourself. Read the initiative. Spread the word. Just say no. Oh, that you guys, you're all late doing bongs back there in the green room. All right. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next week. Um, geez, eight and a half years of this. Sorry, guys, but it's awesome. We love you. We love fermenting you. Happy Weed Day Wednesday, everybody. Be good. Or don't get caught. Ha-ha. <laughs> Hey, smoke some CBD weed. You might find it at Tumbleweed soon.